And I had this radical encounter with Jesus and the phrase that was going around in my head from then for a few months was, if I don't give my life to Jesus, I'm gonna spend the rest of my life lying to myself because I know that I met him. And welcome to the Together podcast. It's a conversation about faith justice and how to change the world. I'm Anna and today I'm joined by Sandeep and Matt. In this episode, we'll be hearing from Josh Green, the Director of Youth for Wildfires Festival. He is super passionate about young people having an encounter with Jesus just in the same way he did. I had the pleasure of speaking to him at the Justice Conference when I was in Manchester. But before we hear from Josh, it's time for our link up section. This is where we link up the intersection of faith and justice and hear from one of you or someone new. Welcome to our link up section. We're here today with Sandeep and Kanan. Kanan is the Welsh team leader of our Welsh team in Tier Fund. Um, but Kanan, do you want to introduce yourself more? Who are you? How come it's so joyful being here with you today? Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm Kanan. Uh, and as you said, I'm Tier Fund Wales team leader. It's joyful being here because, well, one thing I'm passionate about justice. But if you know me and ever met me, I'm also passionate about all things Wales especially Gareth Bale. <laughs> that's, that's not really a good reason to be here. But Our link-up section is where we meet one of you or talk to someone new. So we wanted to get to know you, Kanan, a bit. First of all, do you have any nicknames? <laughs> um, I, I didn't have any nicknames before <laughs> joining Tier Funds and being part of the YEG team. Uh, but, yeah, I've got two new nicknames, uh, Kanan, that's my um that's you know that your my, artist uh, name yeah yeah that's my grime that's my grime music career that's my stage name and the other one is uh kanana oh um, how did yeah. kanana happen that sounds interesting i don't know how kanana happened maybe you can ask sandeep sounds like a typo to me kanana. <laughs> i think oh, it's okay. catchy though kanana. kanana kanana i think that's catchy mm. So yeah, some of the questions we wanted to get to know you about, um, they're quite random, but did you have a job when you were a teenager? And if so, what job were you doing? Yeah, I, I worked in a clothes shop in Aberystwyth, where I grew up, and the clothes shop was called Cafe Society. And it, it, it ranged from selling like absolute tat to like mm. selling really expensive like Carhartt coats. Wow. Um, wow! Yeah, it's 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 not there anymore. It's it's probably been upgraded now. It's a sweet shop. So, oh wow! Uh, I, I I would have rather worked in a sweet shop than in a clothes shop. <laughs> Absolutely, you can get free sweets. That's like every teenager's dream to just work yeah. in a sweet shop. Yeah, the pay the pay wasn't great. It was before oh. the times of living wage and <laughs> yeah. Another question we have is: What is your most embarrassing moment? And Sandeep, I'm going to ask you to share yours as well. So have oh, a think. Oh no! So I've I've got I've got two. If that's all right, my my first one. Um, so I'm I'm a first language Welsh speaker. I'm really passionate about the Welsh language. And um, growing up, there was this like live show. It was sort of like live. Was it live and kicking? Maybe you're you're too young to live and kicking. No, I remember yeah, live and on a Saturday. So basically, there was like a Welsh version called Enes Pimp. Enes Pimp. 
Pimpers Five um, should have explained that. And, um, <laughs> so, so they asked the crew of us from my primary school to go up and review Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the book. It must have been like Roald Dahl Day or something, and Roald Dahl being Welsh, we love to make a fuss of Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl, mm. Roald Dahl, Roald Dahl. So we went up to the studio and it was live, and I was about ten, so you know it was live studio. Those were lights. It was absolutely boiling. I was absolutely, I was really nervous. So just before they came to me, they offered me, because it was Shining Chocolate Factory, they offered no. me a piece, a piece of <laughs> Snickers. So I took the piece of Snickers. It was a massive piece of Snickers. I thought, I need to eat all of this before the interview. So I put it all in my mouth. But <laughs> oh, my, mouth no. was so, my mouth was so dry, <laughs> I couldn't eat the Snickers. So they came to me, and there I was like... <laughs> So, uh, so, so they, so they, so they cut to the next interview, and they never, in, they never interviewed me to hear my opinion of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because they gave me a Snickers and I couldn't eat it. That's actually Aww. really, really funny. Uh, and and I suppose you know if you dig through the National Library of Wales, that 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 you can go back and watch that clip. So embarrassing. Guys, I can't, I don't, so I get embarrassed often, but I laugh it off a lot. So to find one embarrassing moment is quite hard for me because I feel like I have too many. One that comes to mind is my very first memory, which was when I was about four or five years old. (laughs) There was a ball in the garden and I went to chase the ball and the ball fell in a plant pot. And as I ran to get it, I fell into the plant pot head first. And my legs were in the air. And I was like, did, did the plant pot break? No, it didn't. It was like one of the plastic ones, you know, like it wasn't proper pot. Um, but that was probably pretty embarrassing. And then I had to go inside. My mum gave me a Jaffa cake and was like wiping the soil out of my hair. I must have been so small that I could fit in a plant pot as well. <laughs> I was going to say that. It shows your height. It does. Anna, have you got an embarrassing moment? To, to be share? honest, you've actually just triggered me about one. I was hosting for Christian Union and they were talking about doing like Uncover Mark on the beach. And then the next speaker came and they had done stuff with Christian Union. So just my follow up question with the main speaker in front of like, must have been 200 in the room, was just, have you ever done it on the beach? But I was talking about Uncover Mark. <laughs> and then the whole room started started laughing and I just was like and then the next year they asked me to host again and I was like you know what like I'm okay not I wasn't like <laughs> traumatized but I just was like I've done it once I don't need to do it again then like loads of people dropped out so I had to do it again and then I asked a stupid question to the next person and then everyone <laughs> laughed again and I was like I just have a really bad track record in this arena <laughs> that's so funny Kanan, what was your second story oh well it, ha- it happened last week at the justice conference uh, so nice, nice segue. Nice segue. Um, it's, it's it's not that embarrassing, but it was quite. It was just funny at the time, and few of us had dig, uh, giggles. So after the justice conference, we had a we had tea funds gathering. So like a room full of young people and students, which always makes me well. It reminds me that I'm not young anymore. Oh, but like at, oh, at the at the yeah. end, but at, at the end of like my little thing. And <laughs> like with like you know, follow us, follow us at and then you had the, the logos at the oh. icons. Did you get them wrong? So I, no, I was well, sort of. So I was like, so you can follow us at Facebook, 
Twitter, YouTube, <laughs> oh my God. Instagram, and then it came to TikTok, and I didn't have a clue what the logo was. Because <laughs> I'm 31. But then some of the other tier fun staff started to giggle, and I was like, what, what's so funny and they're like they're a room full of young people they know what they're looking <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for sharing that it's great to get to know you more if any of you guys are listening at home and want to submit a question of your own for example questions that we've shared with Kanan, then head over to at we are Tearfun on instagram and dm us some of your thoughts but it's time for our next section which Kanan is staying on for which is great but now it's time for our plug-in so welcome to our plug-in section. This is where we plug into what's going on in the world, offering a perspective based on our faith. Now today, of course, we wanted to chat through the Justice Conference that happened last week. It is fresh, off of tour. And, you know, we ended up in Bristol, which is where I went. I went there for the finale one um, on Thursday. Anna was in Manchester and Kanan was in Cardiff. So guys, wow, what an event it has been all week. It has been wild. But tell me, I want us to start off with what was our highlights of the nights? Like for me, I think it was gathering together because we've really Mm. missed that, haven't we, over the past two years. We're gathering together in a church. We had some in Cardiff. We had um, the City Church worship band leading worship. That was great just to be able to worship Mm. with other Christians um hearing from other Christians and just be in a room full of people who are like-minded that are on a journey, on a mission with you. And I've just really missed that over the past two years. And for me, it was gracious to experience that again. Yeah, I agree. Like even just meeting some Tier Fun staff that I haven't seen yeah. um, in person was really great. Also being, yeah, the We Are Tier Fun like gatherings afterwards. I think my like favorite, favorite, favorite moment was after all of the different talks and the panel, which had gone through different injustices and kind of like the need for us to like act more and like go grow together and like actually have real tangible change. One of the worship songs was like one of the lyrics was I'm going to see a victory. I think it was just really mm-hmm. powerful to like declare that together that even like in the face of injustice, like we believe with God, like that we're going to see a victory. So yeah, I was just there like hand up, praising the Lord. I was like, <laughs> yes, we're going to do it. So yeah, trying mm-hmm. to keep that hype as we go back to our day to day. Oh, I love I think, that. Go on, come on. Yeah, no, nah, and also what was great, and I think it's true for every venue, was like the range of like ages. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. It, it was a great reflection of, you know, the gospel not being exclusive but either, you know, justice as a theme isn't exclusive either. And mm. it was just it's amazing to see. Amazing. Now, we had a couple of different speakers, didn't we, throughout each night? Well, they were the same all week, but they gave their talks. Was there any anything that stood out from these speakers that we can share for anyone listening who, who wasn't able to be there? I really love, so Philip, one of our Tiffon staff, he talked about, I'm just going to read the quote so I get it word for word, but he said, um, there is still a sense of us and them, but the poor can end up being objects of our charity and compassion. We need to affirm the fundamental solidarity of the human race. I am my brother's keeper. As humans, we share that human bond. They are not other. Yeah, they're not objects of transformation. They are agents of transformation. And I think, yeah, just him like proclaiming again, saying like the human, like fundamental solidarity of each other and like us together as brothers and sisters. Yeah, I think it was just really good to challenge like fundraising and this whole like us and them mentality that can come up in justice conversations. So, yeah, that that really stuck with me. 
Absolutely. I love that. And I was chatting to Philip after the um, after the Justice Conference. He's such an awesome guy. Like no way. Canan, was there anything that stood out for you when you were there? Any quotes you can share with us? Well, Philip, one of the things Philip said in Cardiff that really stood out was, um, you know, the opposite of poverty isn't wealth, it's justice. We, we, we do what we do. We, we follow Jesus because we want to see justice. We don't, you know, not necessarily wealth because, you know, freedom is what Jesus brings. Freedom is what justice brings. It's freedom for the oppressed. It's, you know, it's, it's sight for the blind. It's, mm. it's, it's food for the, for the hungry. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean material wealth. Uh, but with, when justice reigns, then like spiritual, material, earthly, social wealth reigns. And, and that's what we're seeking. And another highlight for me in Cardiff was Maria Andrade. So she works for Tia Fund. She's the theology network lead. And she lives in Ecuador. And she was really powerful because she spoke on justice from her own context, which was, you know, in Latin America, decades and decades of genocides and civil war. But she highlighted, you know, the negative role the church played. Like, I I think she was really powerful because she was being really prophetic, you know, Mm -hmm. calling, calling out the church in that situation also calling out the church today to be agents of good, of justice, rather than evil and injustices. So Hale Tregoning from IGM, he spoke about local initiatives and um, helping people out of modern-day slavery. And then in the We Are Tear Fund gathering afterwards, lots of young people were asking, well, how does pursuing justice look for us here mm-hmm. being 16 year olds 17 year olds being students in cardiff and, and that's a really important thing to 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 ponder isn't it your your local context your own context you know so guys thanks so much for sharing about how your experience was at the justice conference it was amazing i loved it it was my first time at anything like that and i was like this is dope but guys so that you know those of you who that are listening into this, the next Justice Conference is going to be happening in October. So we are looking forward to seeing you there. It's going to be two days. So watch this space and we'll have more info on that for you. Um, but we love gathering with you all as our We Are Tear Fund community. So if you want to hear updates of when we have exciting events on, then sign up to our newsletter perspective via the link to our bio. Uh, via the link in our bio, I should say, actually. Also, we did mention earlier um, Emerging Influencers. We are actually running this course in May, uh, which Mm -hmm. is coming up pretty soon. So if you've got time, why not check it out on our website and sign up on wearetearfund.org.uk slash Emerging Influencers. You can find out all the information there. It's a crash course connecting faith and justice together. And honestly, we cover amazing stuff in it. So I think you'd want to be there to see the guest speakers and everything that we've got going on and to meet other like-minded people. Now, to wrap up this part, we're actually going to be moving on to hear an amazing interview from Josh Green from Wildfire. He's going to be talking about from prison to prayer. So you don't want to miss it, guys. Stay tuned. Well, Josh, nice to have you here. 
It's great to be on the podcast. You're actually the second live recording we've ever done. <gasps> yes. Legendary. Yeah, yeah. It's a big moment. We've just been having a really nice Thai green curry. We have. Can I name and shame and say that you had seconds? Well, you already did, so I've got no choice now. <laughs> it's in the world. I had seconds. I'll, I'll own it. It's all good. I yeah, like it's it. delicious. It was nice. Yeah, I guess do you want to say who you are? Yeah, so my name's Josh Green. I work for 24-7 Prayer. We do the Let's 365 Prayer app. Pete Gregg's got a few books out. <laughs> you know, we do some prayer around the nation. And um, yeah, recently we've just really been feeling God just drawing us again to young people. 24-7 kind of started as a movement of young people praying in prayer rooms. And uh, we just want to see that again. We want to see a young generation rise up, take prayer seriously, uh, take mission seriously and take justice seriously. So it's great to be with Tear Fund at the Justice Conference. We're live here at the Justice Conference yeah. in Manchester. In God Manchester. City, so. There yeah, you, you guys can hear the accent. Yeah. God City. I don't know if I <laughs> fully agree with that, but yeah, you can tell us what you think God's actual city is That's in a good the one. feedback. In the comments. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. But yeah, before we get into prayer, I wanted to ask you, you know, we're talking about youth and like reaching youth, but mm-hmm. what are some old people things that you do? Oh... You know, stuff oh, that you do and you just think, oh, I've already, like, I'm already middle-aged, even well, though you're not. I've got, well, I've got three kids, so, you know, just general dad vibes. Yeah, like, the you dad know, jokes come out, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to explain to my oldest the difference between, like, just a normal joke and a dad joke. Yeah. And so she loves it now, so she'll be like, was that a dad joke, daddy? So she, she gets <laughs> that. Cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's another one for the comments. Yeah. But the best dad joke you've ever heard. Yeah, what's something that your dad has said that you cringe at even now? That 3am moment you just think, why did my dad say that in public? Oh man, I'm that guy now. But yeah, press. So, Wildfires is coming up. Mm -hmm. And yeah, tell us a couple of things that like 24-7 Prayer does. Yeah, yeah. So, part of my role, so I'm the director of youth for Mm 24-7. So, I'm just helping us have that intentional pushback to youth. 24-7 puts on a conference every year called Wildfires, uh, which happens down in Sussex, which is great. And it's on the same site as Big Church Day Out. Mm. And so we have that whole time. And really it's focused on revival, praying for revival, seeing revival break out in the nation. So I do the youth stuff there. So really the heart is awakening young people to the idea of revival. And I was just chatting to you before about you know, my vision for youth stuff as it pertains to my role is from Galatians chapter 1. And in verse 12, and Paul basically says that I didn't receive the gospel from a person. I wasn't taught it by a, mm. a person, but it came by revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, what he's talking about there is his Damascus Road experience where he was blinded by great light and heard Jesus' words mm. speaking. He had that undeniable unshakable encounter with Jesus and so for me that's what I want to see uh, young people have because when I had mine in 2007 I was locked up in a police station I had this radical encounter with Jesus I was just I just prayed because I realized my life wasn't going in a great direction and I had this radical encounter with Jesus and the phrase that was going around in my head from then for a few months was if I don't give my life to Jesus I'm going to spend the rest of my life lying to myself because mm-hmm. I know that I met him and that's what I want for young people in our nation and the nations around the world is to have that unshakable undeniable encounter with God because so when good. you do go to college or you do go to university and you get in and even now as a teenager the world is so intensely mm-hmm. focused on pulling you away from not just Jesus himself, but the statutes of God's word, that we need that undeniable, unshakable encounter to ground us and keep us rooted. 
Yeah, that's so good. And I think when you've met Jesus, it's really hard to then say that God isn't real or mm. that he's not important like in your life. <laughs> so what did that look like? So for any youth who maybe you're convicting them and they're thinking like, oh, I actually do think God is real, but I just don't know if I can be bothered to like follow him or it's going to lead to a change. Why did you in that police station think, right, my life needs to change now? Yeah, I mean, there's a verse in the Bible, I think it's in Deuteronomy. God says, I've set before you life and death. Mm. Choose life. And I feel like that's what I could see in the police station was like there was two sort of roads that my life could go down. Like this one that had led me to this moment, which if I carried on further down was obviously going to lead to more situations like Mm. this. Maybe I end up dead. Maybe I end up in jail. Yeah. And I actually hear a lot of younger people speak like that. They're sort of living this. Maybe they're in gangs. Maybe they're you know doing all sorts of things or maybe it's not even that bad but they can just sense like a death and destruction pattern over their life where things Mm. aren't going well where they're struggling maybe with mental health or something and they can see that their life is not going down the direction that god would want whereas the other road is life and i could see that there could be another road for Mm. me if i made the right choices but i knew that i had no power within me to change myself Mm. i don't know i don't know how i knew that i just i just had this sense of like i I feel like i can't go down that road and we know like in john 10 10 like says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy Mm. that's that one road but then jesus says but i've come to give you life and life in all its fullness that's the other one and that's the other road and i i just i grew up in church but i kind of strayed away when i was young like a young teenager so i guess I knew initially to kind of, if you're struggling, mm. maybe talk to God. Yeah. And that's where it started. But I think the thing we, the attitude that we have about prayer in the West is so casual mm. that we don't often think that there'll be mass amount of fruit to our prayers more than yeah. just simply what we're praying for. Yeah. But actually prayer at its root is a relationship with God. And we go deeper in that relationship as we press in mm. and, and press in further. So I would say like start off that journey in prayer But then there's a deeper level that we can go to in prayer too. Because I was going to say for you, choosing life to the full, that that is a life built on prayer. But Mm -hmm. a lot of people see prayer as like this side thing or Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's so boring. I just do a couple. I don't know. You read that and then you like move on with your Mm -hmm. day. But why do you think a life founded on prayer is life to the full? Yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, something that a good friend of mine says, which we were just speaking about yeah, James Ladderin yeah, we from Prayer Storm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's amazing. If you guys don't know James Ladderin and Prayer Storm, check them out. But um, he always says that the spiritual realm is superior to the physical realm mm. because the spiritual realm created the physical realm. Mm. So John four twenty four says God is spirit. And then we know at the beginning of Genesis that God, who is spirit, created the heavens and the earth. So that which is spiritual created that which is physical. Mm. So if we want to change something in the physical, we have to first change it in the spiritual. Yeah, so true. And actually, like, we grow up in the West, we are told only the physical realm is real. Mm. But actually, the exact opposite is true. It's the spiritual realm is more real than this physical yeah. realm. And you, but, you won't, but the funny thing is, is, like, you don't know you're asleep until you wake up, like you won't know that until you press in in prayer. Yeah. There's certain things you won't know until you press in in prayer. Mm. So I do this teaching on prayer and it's basically how to go deeper in prayer. And I basically talk about sort of three principles of prayer. And so, you know, like in the COVID times, you would do PCR test to really yeah. find out if you have COVID. Is it a PCR acronym? Love yeah, yeah. That. So I have a PCR for prayer. Yeah. So it's 
prayer has to be persistent, mm-hmm. consistent, and resistant. That's so good. So persistent prayer comes from Luke chapter 11. So the disciples come to Jesus and they say, teach us how to pray. Mm. Nowhere else in the Gospels did the disciples ask Jesus to teach them anything except for this one time. Teach them how to pray. That's mind-blowing to me. There must yeah. have been something about Jesus' prayer life. That made that... it so much more. than all the prophecy, all the healings, all the miracles. I mean, I would have been asking it. What would you yeah. have been I would have been asking it. How do you walk on water? Like, yeah. how do you raise people? I think I would be like, people? how do you say something that just, like, shakes a crowd? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you just say one word and, like, thousands of people? Or how do you be so confusing yet people still want to know what you're talking about? Oh, so you got the depth there, like... I'm a big foodie. I would have been like, how do you do the five, feed the 5,000 thing? Yeah, can like, you give me 5,000? My shopping bill is massive. Like, yeah. I, mean, I need that uh, anointing. But yeah, disciples ask Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus says the Lord's Prayer. Now, most of the time I heard a sermon on, on that sort of scripture, mm. they kind of finish with the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. So it says the Lord's Prayer and obviously finishes with Amen. But at the start of Luke 11, where you can read about this story, you, you read this story, he does the Lord's Prayer, and verse 5 says, and. Mm. So Jesus hasn't finished his teaching on prayer. He tells this story of this persistent friend who knocks on his friend's house to get bread. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's this funny story where basically what Jesus is trying to say is this guy knocked on the door until the bread came. Yeah. And verse 8 says, not because of the friendship will the person rise up and give them bread, but because of the persistence. Mm. Now, remember, this is Jesus teaching on prayer. Yeah. So Jesus is saying there's a place that you get to in prayer where friendship with God is not enough. Persistence is what we need. Now, I'm preaching right now because I just <laughs> no, think good, that's really good. important because I think we grow up in the West where it's like, Become a friend of God. Mm. I am a friend of God. Whoa. Such a great, great, <laughs> great song. song. And it's that is, you know, angels dance when people become friends of God. Yeah, like, yeah. That is incredible. But Jesus is saying it's not enough yeah. to be friends with God for certain things in prayer. So we persist in prayer. Our prayer has to be persistent. The next one is consistent. In Luke 18, you learn about a widow who keeps on going to the judge That's to get justice. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like... And the judge literally says, this woman has worn me out because she keeps on coming. Mm. And that's the type of person that I want to be in prayer. Like we can be, you know, elaborate, amazing, eloquent prayers and and all that kind of stuff. But I think often nothing can be consistency. Yeah. Like nothing can be the person who just keeps on going day in, day out. I'm here. I'm there. I'm faithful. And you think about those words, steadfastness, faithfulness, fruits of the spirit, things that God really wants from us. That's really important. And then the final thing is resistant prayer. Mm. So what is resistant prayer? Resistant prayer is... Because people don't like the resistance that comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think I'd like to tap out after PC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Leave the resistance to someone else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So resistant is like... This is one of the scary ones. And this comes back to the spirit realm. Mm. We don't often believe that the spirit realm is real. Mm. But resistant prayer is important because the spirit realm is real. And that means angels are real and demons are real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Mm. Light is real and darkness is real. So resistant prayer is about us pushing back the darkness with our prayers, with Mm. the power of our prayers. So dark spiritual forces exist in this nation, pulling us away from God, pulling us away from the statutes of God. So in our prayer, we need to resist those things. And for me, 
it comes from, again, in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this story, Jesus gets in a boat and he crosses the water and he encounters a man who's demon-possessed. Mm. And it says that he was demon-possessed and he was cutting himself. And the demons cry out and they say to Jesus, send us into the pigs. I always found that unusual. Like, I'm like, why do the demons want to go in the pigs? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Now, if you read in Luke chapter 4, 13. This is great. Specific references. <laughs> <laughs> I've got this, like, memorised in my yeah, head. Yeah. Like, Luke chapter 4, verse 13. It's at the end of Jesus' temptations in the wilderness. Mm. The devil's trying to tempt Jesus to come away from his identity and his calling. Jesus wins. He quotes the word of God. Amazing. So many things yeah. you can pull out from that verse. But at the end, it says, the devil left Jesus until an opportune time. Mm. What is that opportune time? Like, obviously the devil was trying to find another time to get Jesus again. Yeah. So that's the way the devil operates. Like, you, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean the devil's not trying to look for an opportune time yeah. in your life. So back to the pigs. The demons want to go into the pigs because they know Jesus is there, so they have to leave the man. Mm. But if they can stay around the man, maybe they can find an opportune time to go back in. Yeah. But the only issue with that is who's in charge in the situation? Is it the demons or is Jesus in charge? Mm. Jesus is in charge, right? So what the enemy meant for evil, God turns around and uses it for good. Yeah. So the demons think that they can go into the pigs to stay around the man. But Jesus knows as soon as they go into the pigs, the pigs, and sorry for the vegetarians and vegans in the house, <laughs> the pigs go scurrying off, fall off the cliff. And die. And die. What kills them though? It says that they drowned in the water. Mm. In Ezekiel, we learn that the Holy Spirit is represented by water often in scripture. So actually it's this sense in which Jesus comes and brings deliverance in your life, mm. but you now have a responsibility to be devoted to God. Yeah. So Jesus gets the pigs, gets the demons out and delivers us. He sets us free. You know, he brings us into the kingdom of the sun. He loves like we mm. receive his love. Now we have a responsibility to walk by mm. the spirit. And so it's actually the water that drowns out the demons in the pigs yeah so i personally think that it's actually our prayer life that drowns out the voice Mm. of the enemy that pushes back the darkness Mm. in our life so again it's not just enough to be friends with god that's not what stops you want to carry the presence exactly you want to carry the presence you know you read about in acts where those people were trying to cast out the demons and they say oh we know paul like, they're like, yeah. oh, they're trying to do it in the name of Paul who knows Jesus. And it's, yeah, like, yeah. really awkward. It's like, oh, we know Paul and we know Jesus, but who the heck are you guys? Yeah, you want to be known. I want to be mm. a voice in the Spirit. Yeah. And the only way we can be a voice in the Spirit is if we cultivate what yeah. God's done in us by drowning out yeah. the voice of the enemy, resistant prayer. So. Yeah. PCR? PCR. Can you remember it? Persistent? Consistent. Resistant. There you go. There we go, yeah. Hey. I remember that, especially COVID. <laughs> Yeah, that was so good. Thanks so much for sharing that. And it reminded me of just in Revelation where it talks about Jesus being like there will be no darkness and there will only be light Mm. when he comes back and returns. And kind of that sense of like when justice actually prevails, it will be full of light. But what you were saying about just like eyes needing to be unveiled and like being able to see the spiritual realm, to see the supernatural, be able to see like what's really going on. I guess I just want to say to anyone listening, like if you want to experience that, we just like, yeah, we just declare that any veils over you will be broken now Mm. um, in Jesus name. And also just the veils where injustice looks like it's thriving and um, yeah, winning out. That isn't true when it comes to the kingdom. So yeah, just to really see what like what true justice looks like. 
But we've been talking about prayer. Mm-hmm. Would you mind praying for us to end? I could certainly do that. Thank you. <laughs> Father God, I thank you for everybody who's listening to this podcast. God, I just pray your freedom over them. Lord, mm. that they'll be able to press into prayer. Lord God, and go deeper in you. And I, I know that as we do that, Lord, we're going to get your heart for justice. We're going to get your heart for this world, Lord, because that's what you carry. When when we pray, you point us to your world, Lord, and you point us to your word. So make us people of prayer. Set us on fire, God, for you. Take us deeper in you, we pray. And we give you all the glory and the honour and the praise. In Jesus' name, we want to see you like John saw you in Revelation 4, mm. where he saw your eyes of fire. And he saw that uh, the angels and the cherubim and the seraphim crying out, holy, holy, holy. We want to see you, God. We want to know you more and more. So take us deeper. In mm. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Anything you want to plug? How can people find out more about what you're doing? <laughs> you can plug your secret band as well. Oh, not my secret, secret Your band. previous band you're in, 1224. Hey, singing in American accents. Oh, my days. She's absolutely <laughs> bantering me right now. Yeah, now you can check out 247prayer.com. Loads of resources on there, how to pray. Pete's got a great new book out in the moment called How to Hear God. So mm-hmm. how to hear the voice of God. And also there's one called How to Pray, which is if you want to get more of the basics, more of the fundamentals, how to pray. You can also check out Lectio 365, which is a daily prayer yeah, app. It's day, so good. Night and day prayer, yeah. It's really helpful just as like a guide just to mm. take us deeper. And, and when the session finishes, you can go deeper and learn off the stuff there. So, yeah, that's me. Awesome. Oh, it's so <laughs> lovely so to listen back to my interview with Josh and just hear the worship in the background. It reminds me of how great the Justice Conference was. Yeah, just the powerful worship, being able to meet and chat to Josh. That was a privilege. And hearing about wildfires. But yeah, let's discuss what Josh was saying. He was saying some really challenging things about kind of resistance that comes in prayer, but also the spiritual realm being more true than the physical realm. Like, what does that mean, guys? Let's discuss it. Um, But yeah, first of all, I just wanted to read this passage that I think links in from 2 Corinthians from verse 3. So 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 to 6. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I mean, that's powerful, just the fact that arguments fall before the knowledge of God and that thoughts that aren't of God, we have power to take captive of. But all of this makes me think, like when it says we don't fight with the weapons of the world, what weapons are we fighting with? What are we living like as people of the spirit? And Matt and Sandeep, let's discuss that. What do you guys think? What stood out to you? I think it's a great question, actually. Like, what are the weapons that we have? Because naturally we think weapons, we think you know, armor, guns, knives, whatever we see in this world. Yeah. But actually, the weapons spiritually that we have given from God is not those. Like, never has been those, never will be. The biggest one that's always helped me is actually scripture. And that is exactly what Jesus used when he came up against it, against the enemy. Like, when he was in the wilderness and he was tempted, he was facing being taunted and tempted by different things that the devil was saying. Actually, his response was always with scripture. Now, if we want to know our scripture, that means we need to meditate on it and actually read it or listen to it. However, we take in information best, because, you know, in today's world, we're fed with social media all the time. If you're anything like me, you're constantly just getting information left, right and centre about 
futile stuff, things that are meaningless, things that don't actually aid us in anything in life, but actually to take time out to take in the Bible, to take in the scripture, that is what we can use to help us when we're fighting against things, especially injustice, to read about who God is, that he is the Mm -hmm. God of justice, changes a perspective on how we fight injustice because we go to the creator before we try and fix it ourselves. We go to him for what he says about it. And then we work and partner with God in what he's already doing. And that makes a difference, I think, a huge difference. Mm, That's so good. Yeah, and it's actually way more strengthening to partner with what God's already doing rather than trying to create something and being like, God, can you be part of it? Like, if he's already doing the heavy lifting of like, yeah, moving in his spirit, let's join him rather than get him to join us. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I just want to respond to that with, with scripture as well. So Ephesians 6, 11 to 18. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And that was from the NLT version. And literally, that is just the the advice from Paul, just telling us what we can do. Mm. And I just wanted to add, like, when we when we talk about scripture and the Bible and what's written on these pages or or on your phone in the Bible app, it, it's just words if we don't have this Holy Spirit actually guiding us. I really like in the Psalms. It says in 119, it says, "How can a young person stay pure? It's by obeying your word." Now. That is just so profound because we think about how can we do the right thing? How can we how can we do the right thing as young people? What is the right thing? But actually obeying the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to help us in that. I think that is the key to all of it. I think another kind of weapon that I feel like is really Christ-like is humility. I think there's a lot of decisions that are made about pride and like a lot of kind of the problems we see are made from pride, whether that's like greed and the injustice that's linked to that. And I found, I so I studied international development And I just remember just feeling really frustrated, like how come all these people like have these like good things they want to do and then it still seems to go wrong. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, it's about having a posture of humility. Like it's not about your charity that you're growing. It's not about you doing the right thing. It's actually being Christ-like in terms of Jesus didn't count equality with God as something to be grasped, but like gave his life up and emptied himself. So kind of in the pursuit of justice, how can we be humble and empty ourselves and not do it for us, but do it for Jesus? And although that just seems like a heart posture, I actually think it's super powerful and it's like really countercultural. So I think, yeah, that's another cool weapon that Jesus really mm. modeled for us to take on as well. And it links so beautifully to surrender. You know, that's what we're called to as followers of Jesus. It's to surrender to the will of the Father. And that's what he had to do when he was fulfilling his mission here on earth. He had to be completely surrendered to the Father's will. And that was painful, but it was so crucial for the for the eternal life that all of mankind, that we get to have offered to us today. It's so key. It really is. And it's so hard as well. It doesn't come natural to us. It takes a will to say, God, your will, not mine. 
like mm. you above me always and I will enjoy and just delight in you and do what you've asked me to do you know it can be really hard to think about kind of the joy and delighting in the Lord when there's also like pain and suffering and I think a lot of the justice conversation is connected to pain and suffering so how can we stay strong and kind of have those weapons again in the face of right real pain I think when it comes to pain and suffering and when we see injustices and we see people that are living in pain because of circumstances around them and because of these injustices around them, I think the biggest thing I think sometimes is that as the church, Universal Church, capital C, is that sometimes we combat pain and suffering with praise and worship, with this this posture of, you know, just change your perspective or have joy here. Think about joy. Think of the good things in your life. And there is a time for that. But sometimes when you're in deep pain and suffering, you know, you have to just be where you're at. And actually, you've got to acknowledge where you're at and and sit in the sometimes you have to sit in the mess. You can't have Easter Sunday of the resurrection without first having Good Friday and the absolute suffering that Jesus had to go through. He had to go through death before life was given. There's just something about that that we see weave through scripture in the Bible. We see books in the Bible like Lamentations, which are real spaces where people are grieving, where grief is is welcomed and there's a space for it. It's not to say that's where you have to stay, but there's a space for it that actually God in his infinite wisdom can sit in both the mess and the joy of of the situation. The Bible talks also about a time for everything in Ecclesiastes as well. And I think sometimes we've got to, rather than wanting to rush towards the Easter Sunday and the resurrection and the fun and the joy, which are amazing things, sometimes there is a time where we need to sit in the grief and lament over what's going on. And from that, we can get real vision from God of how to help people out of injustices and how we can be part of the change because we can't be part of it if we haven't yet experienced or understood or had empathy with someone in that situation Mm. else it just becomes this posture of privilege that we work Mm. from that we think we can just come in and change things Mm. rather than actually coming in and understanding to help people lift themselves out of poverty as well yeah so i think society in this day and age, definitely with the rise of social media and and everything like that, it's very much about the self and the individual, like um, very much about it being about me. But God actually calls us to be part of his family. And so we are actually supposed to be there for one another and support one another so that no person actually has to go through this life or, or do things on their own. So in Romans 12, verse 15, um, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Um, that, you know, we're supposed to be there on behalf of our brothers and sisters. Um, those within the church, our, our brothers and sisters, even all around the world. So even when it comes to dealing with um, social and climate injustices, we should, on behalf of our global neighbours, looking to support them, speak up for them and make sure that their voices are heard. So at We Are Tear Fund, we're all about doing things together and that's in line with what we're being called to do. Yeah, I think and really caring and valuing community and like seeing that as the global church and like our brothers and sisters across the world, like that's being part of God's kingdom rather than like, I guess, the Western individual mindset. So I think it's, yeah, it's just part of our weapons, I think, is just aligning back with how God has always intended the world to look like and always intended Christians to live. And I think another thing I felt recently a lot more challenged by is also the power of our voice. The Bible talks about how there's life and death on the tongue. 
and actually even in our conversations about things about justice about God about each other about yeah like empowering and like standing up for people standing in solidarity actually our words have power too so how can we declare life and change and declare justice and yeah to declare restoration and renewal over things that we see as not part of like heaven and the future kingdom I think there's like a real role for like prophecy there as well like in Ezekiel with the valley of dry bones like he doesn't Mm. stay and look at only at the dry bones and just goes oh lol they're dry like then he then God asked him to prophesy life over them so I think yeah it's just like a challenge as well that like prayer prayer and our weapons is like being willing to like stand up and believe that there's something more and to do that together and to do that yeah practically with all the different things that we've shared so yeah thank you Matt and Sandeep for just yeah really really amazing thoughts and challenges and encouragement I said before but yeah it's just a delight to be with two teachers on this <laughs> and hearing yeah hearing your wisdom awesome thank you Anna thank you for having us no worries also i think when this comes out will be almost easter weekend so happy easter to everyone listening don't eat too much chocolate (laughs) if you liked what you heard today make sure you hit subscribe and follow us on instagram at we are tier fund and any links that have been mentioned will be in the description and please give us a rating out of five we'd love a five but be honest or see yeah what you think but just follow us on spotify as well